The Suffering Podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please subscribe and like to get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. You can always find our latest episodes at thesufferingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. Feel free to comment. We may read your comments on future podcasts and may even reach out to you for a future guest spot. Like us on Facebook, just search for The Suffering Podcast. Also follow us on Twitter. Just search at the suffering po one that's the symbol at the suffering po and number one here you'll see links to episodes updates and inside information on how to achieve greatness through the joy of suffering sit your ass down down sit your ass down down Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. Sit your ass down, down. Sit your ass down, down. Strap it, strap it. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. This is gonna hurt, gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. It's time to start the pain. This is gonna hurt. It's time for the Suffering Podcast. Welcome to the Suffering Podcast. Each episode, we walk you through how suffering is the way to sustainable success and the path to greatness. So sit down and strap in. This is gonna hurt. Let's talk about the suffering. We all suffer. Usually it's an individual endeavor. Our perspectives shape our suffering. It's often hard to understand others' suffering unless we've experienced something similar. Usually we can't sympathize. We can only empathize. We all suffer. Just take a look back at 2020. 2020 was unique because we all suffered in a similar way. Our suffering shared common boundaries. A horrible virus came to our country, and we were unprepared, and we were paralyzed. Some people were paralyzed financially, some socially, some physically, and some mentally. Make no mistake, we all suffered together. So let's take a look back at our common suffering in 2020 and plot our growth and redemption with the first suffering podcast of 2021. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with my partner in the crucible of fire, Sears Pars. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. I figured this would be a good topic to start off the new year with. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, I hope everybody got their first day of suffering in and started off this new year right. We're going to have a better new year or better year this than 2020 because I possibly can't see it getting any worse. It can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> We saw a lot of things go wrong this year. Oh, yeah. And a lot of it was our own fault. Yeah. The bottom line is, what it comes down to is we, we really took life for granted. Yeah, we did. Uh, Prior we, to this, sure. We we just got sucked into that comfort zone where we were unwilling to, to put in the extra reps, yep. the extra time, yep. deal with those hardships, and we paid the price. We sure did. What we saw is a, a complete lack of planning. Mm-hmm. 
Do you ever watch that show Preppers? Oh, yeah. So everybody thinks those guys are off the wall. And to be honest with you, there's several of them who are off the wall. Yeah. But all of a sudden, when the lockdowns hit, they didn't seem so crazy anymore. No, no. And as someone who is a prepper, not as much as I want to be, but I, I actually side with them anyway and say, yeah, a lot of these skills really did come in handy for sure. So how far in advance do you prep? Me, uh, I'm typically in food and everything else. I keep a minimum. I used to say two weeks, but quite honestly, if you if you go through my stuff, I keep a month's worth of supplies there anyway. If you ration it properly. I'm if you ration it properly. But, you know, we're, everyone's shocked at how much they have in their cabinets. And it may not be what you want to eat. You know, your spoiled kids may not want to eat that today. But guess what? If that's all you have, you can't get out of the house. You're eating it. You know, it's it's a good point. We go out and we waste all this money in the grocery store. Half of it ends up in the garbage, in the garbage. because it goes bad. Just tonight. It's 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 a horrible thing. So yep. we, we saw this in 2020 where nobody did any war game. We spoke about this yep. in our first po- podcast where I might do a lot of mental war gaming. Yep. Um, you do far more f- uh, the, the physical war gaming yep. where you, yep. you prepare your environment around you just sure. in case something like this ever happens. Absolutely right. Then we entered into this virtual world, which, you know, this is, this is your, your expertise mm-hmm. yep. where nobody was prepared to be in a virtual world. Can you imagine being a 70 year old man right now and having to hop on a computer to zoom into a meeting? No, no. I, I think that's a pretty tall order. Yeah. It's very easy for our children to get sure. onto the computer. Absolutely right. You know, they know their way around better Absolutely than right. we do. Absolutely Right. You also saw, uh, and this comes, this, this goes hand in hand with lack of preparation, lack of war gaming. People don't have any savings. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. They, they live paycheck to paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know, keep a little bit in the bank. I understand that, that life now, especially living in New Jersey as we are, New Jersey is incredibly expensive. No, sure. But there's always some that you can put away. There's always that rainy day fund. Yeah. My, uh, my grandfather always used to tell me you keep. An X amount of dollars in the bank, just in case your hot water heater. Absolutely breaks. right. Yeah. Instead of relying on a credit card. Right. Well, that's yeah. it's that's the comforts of today. That's what we're used to. Yeah. Hey, don't worry about it. You can just put it on credit. Yeah. Worst and, case, credit card. Uh, so there's really no forethought, and I want to move to how do we fix these things? Mm-hmm. How how do we redeem ourselves in yeah. 2021? Yeah. I'm going to pass this one off to you. Let's start with the virtual world. Sure. How, how can we? Is there better platforms that we can use? Sure. So. Zoom, the entire world ran on Zoom. Now, we were running on Zoom prior to COVID uh, and running quite successfully on Zoom. Actually, we were using a program um, called Ring Central, which essentially is Zoom. We're still using that system, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's everything. It's your video. It's your audio, your video conferencing. Uh, it does um, instant messaging. It does everything else. So we were running on the Zoom platform ourselves. You know, most people didn't hear about Zoom until March 20th of 2019, but, you know, for us, like I said, we, we've been using this thing for quite a long time. Now, you know, the kids and the entire world is using Zoom. No, just, you know, knowing that this is available for everyone, literally from, you know, grandmas talking to their grandkids to um, CEOs talking to their, their employees to teachers talking to their students. And, you know, the technology is there. The bandwidth is there, although we're working on an additional bandwidth with 5G and everything else because we're going to need it. We're, we're going to be doing this virtual thing for a lot longer than we think. So the technology is there now. I would like to say that my company and many, many companies were already virtual, were already in the cloud where you didn't have to worry, hey, I can't get to the office. I can't get to my servers. Well, who cares? We're all working virtually anyway. So 
I do think there was a lot of that there, especially in the in the tech sector, in the commercial sector. But I think your your students and your grandmas and grandpas probably not so much. Well, is it is so that Zoom Zoom is the best platform right now. Do you see them coming out with something out of necessity where we have to have a better platform for virtual Zoom Zoom is great technology. Unfortunately, it was majorly hacked. So oh um, uh, yeah, that's majorly right. hacked. My uh, my my town was using it, and yeah. we had to get off of it. Yeah, Zoom was majorly hacked, and Zoom was actually hacked even prior to this major announcement that Zoom was hacked. Ring Central, uh, my company that I'm using on Zoom actually started their own platform because Zoom was already uh, hacked, again, prior to this whole latest um, uh, news of, of it being hacked. Well, that's that's part of the problem of being in a virtual world because sure. your information is out there. Absolutely right. And eventually somebody's going to figure out how to get into your oh, information. Yeah. Yep. We're, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Sure. That's I think that's that's a that's a big problem. Absolutely right. Now, prep, t- as, as a prepper, tell, mm-hmm. me, tell me a little bit about what the normal person can do sure. yeah. to prepare themselves a little bit better. Absolutely right. So to me, and this is something I, I've been living with this for 20 plus years. So to me, it's really, really simple. Think about the things that we need in our lives and don't get romantic and think you're going to jump in your car and drive out into the middle of, of nowhere and live in the woods or something else. You know, it's called shelter in place. You're going to stay in your house. It's where you are the safest. It's where you're the most comfortable. It's where your resources are. You're not going to jump into an 18-wheeler and bring all your food and everything out into a, another place. So shelter in place. Food, obviously. It's, it's pretty straightforward, right? Have food that can sit on shelves for months and months and months. Canned goods, rice, things like that. Hey, is it what your kids want to eat tonight? No. But guess what? Do you want to go out in the street and starve or try and uh, um, pick fresh berries? I, I can't imagine what, looking at my kids in the eyes, looking at them starving. Yeah. And that's what would make me do that Absolutely stuff. Absolutely right. Yep. I, I don't know if I keep the same amount of food that you do, but I yeah. do keep a, couple a, weeks. Su- a, cu- a supply. Yeah. And that's, that's really all you need is a couple right. of weeks. You know, water, cases of water in your garage, keep the water in your garage. Now, obviously if things get really, really crazy, you turn on your uh, bathtubs and suddenly you fill up your bathtub and you have, um, you know, a tub full of water you can use for washing and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Food, water, any kind of meds, you know, any kind of medication. Is there any kind of specialized medication that you guys need? Anything from ibuprofen to diabetic drugs or, you know, heart medication or whatever. Keep this stuff in your house. Try and keep as much as possible in your house. Basic meds, basic, um, you know, band-aids, uh, things like that, obviously. I look at it from a little bit different perspective. Mm-hmm. It's more than food mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm a capable human being. Sure. So I might prep a little bit different than, say, somebody who is 80 years old yeah, or 70 years old. My prepping consists of I have a water filter yep. that I, it has a portable water filter. Yep. I have ample things to make fire. Yep. And I have knives. And flashlights. Yeah, yeah. And that's because if I need stuff with the amount of deer we have around here, I'm always going to- Oh, absolutely right. I am always going to be fed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly that that's for sure. But, you know, so to me having that, that stuff, of course, and we could, we can go into that whole side of, um, of, of the tools as well, but yeah, you just want to keep your family as comfortable as possible. Um, you know, light candles, things like that. Generator, you know, we, we both have generators. Not only do we have generators, but we have generators that can run on natural gas. So you're not going to run out of gasoline. You're going to hook up to your natural gas source, which does not run out. If it does run out, if they do shut off natural gas, we have much bigger problems anyway. This is true. Yep. This is true. So we're just going to have a little bit of forethought. And that's going to be the, the, the crux of how we prepare ourselves if something like this ever does come down the pike again. Exactly. But the second problem was, and and we touched on this a little bit, there was such a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. 
I was starting to panic. This is how crazy it was. I started to panic because I couldn't find toilet paper. Yeah. And I had enough toilet paper. Yeah. All of a sudden, all the shelves of toilet paper yeah. were gone. Yeah. To the point where I bought rags and I said, hey, if, if it's go time, you, you, you rag it, you put it in the water. I know it sounds disgusting, nope. but- I did it too. And, and I, I one of the things that I did as far as, we'll take it piece by piece here. Yeah, yeah. So there was no toilet paper. One of the first things I bought was one of those attachable bidets. Yeah. To, to be quite honest with you, the amount of toilet paper I have saved- Is incredible, yeah. It, it is absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, my mother has one in her house. I just saw yours upstairs and- uh, It's a life changer, man. It's a life changer. By the way, I apologize. I peed all over it. I did not realize, but- Oh, I, that's I, good. I, that's good. Don't worry about it. My wife will clean it. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the grocery- And then when you went to the grocery store, if you didn't have to wait in a 15, 20 minute, yeah. 30 minute line- which is ridiculous in itself because mm-hmm. we are so used to that convenience. Absolutely right. What do you mean? I got to wait 15 yeah, minutes in yeah. the grocery store. Yeah. But once you got in, the prices were jacked up. Absolutely right. Because yeah. there was a supply and there was a demand. They yep. couldn't get the truck drivers to bring it in. To bring it in. And this is something yep. that everybody was completely unprepared for. Absolutely right. So now your paycheck, which is stretched very thin in New Jersey anyway, just got stretched a little thinner. Exactly right. And to that point, if you think about the toilet paper and things like this, can you still find things? Can you still find food in the supermarket? You know, the answer is yes. If things get crazy, you may be able to find it in the supermarket, but do you want to wait in line with a hundred other crazy people who are nervous and scared about what's going to happen? Do you want to send your wife or your kids to wait in line? To me, the answer is no. If things get that crazy, can you get stuff? Sure. Do you want to send your folks, your, your loved ones out to get the stuff? To me, the answer is no. Why not stay at home? Why not shelter in place and let other people who didn't plan ahead have a shot at those things? So to me, keeping stuff in the house makes makes perfect sense anyway. Well, things things have certainly calmed down. If if I go to the store right now, and, and, and I hate to keep griping on the toilet paper, it's, yeah. it's just the most obvious one. It is. When I see no toilet paper on the shelves, I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I got, I got enough. I'll yeah. hold out till next week. It's Same not here. a big deal. Same here. Not just groceries that were ultra high and jacked up something as simple as lumber. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you just redid your basement and yeah. I'm sure you paid more for your basement than you should have. A bit more. Yeah. Because I know a, a piece of treated, a, a treated piece of two by four, which used to go for four to $6, depending on where you got it. Yeah. It's now up around $15. Yes. Absolutely right. That's insanity. It was absolute insanity. So yeah. you, do you think now that lumber obviously had been cut years ago? Mm-hmm. Is this a little bit of price gouging? You know, it's possible it is, but it could also just be simple, classic supply and demand, quite honestly. You know, if if you can't find those two-by-fours uh, quite as readily, it may just be that um, it, it's supply and demand. So, and I'm very much anti-price gouging, and I, I did look at that side of the argument, but I did also read some things where people were saying it's not necessarily price gouging. It's, hey, listen, if we can only get in this much, you know, we're probably paying more for it anyway. Again, the uh, the truckers can't get in because of the COVID restrictions, and the the lumber yards aren't working, and the kiln dryers aren't working. Maybe it wasn't as as much price gouging. You know, I don't know. I think that's uh, something that sometimes was price gouging, but I also do think that sometimes there was just honestly price, you know, uh, supply and demand. Because our gas prices stayed flat and level. Yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly, very because surprisingly. Because if you remember during Hurricane Katrina, yeah, gas went up to four dollars and twenty five cents. It was, yeah. that was that was crazy. It was crazy. But how do we fix this stuff? Yeah. And that's a good question because if you think about it, we are now in a, uh, we're living in a just-in-time kind of a world where you no longer have these warehouses full of supplies and then uh, the grocery guy will just go to the back and grab what he needs 
because that those groceries cost money and to have them sitting on your shelf waiting to be bought is no longer efficient. So now we have this just in time thing where you have these computers basically telling ShopRite, Hey, your, uh, your green beans are out. Well, two days later, green be- or a day later, green beans show up from the warehouse because it's more efficient for the warehouse to keep them. So we're running very lean now, you know, lean manufacturing, lean distribution, everything's lean now. So you're not going to have those supplies where you want them. So there's a trade-off. And so to me, the answer is you may not, you know, see the, the deeply stacked shelves as much, but again, it's not uh, for any other reason than it's this, this lean manufacturing, lean distribution scenario that we're using now. You know, I think the, the companies, they've, they've had their time to, to, to develop different business plans, sure, different ways of operating within these restrictions. Yeah. I can't see something like that ever happening again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to give you an example, I was at Costco and they were out of paper towels. Mm. All right. My wife goes through paper towels. I, I think she eats them. That's the only thing I can say. Because I think our wives are related. I, I'd never seen anything like Nothing. it. Nothing. No. But they didn't have any paper towels. Yeah. Okay. They didn't have any paper towels. I had, I had some. I had enough. I went back the next week and they were fully stocked. Yeah. So I don't see that happening anymore. So no. maybe this this part of our mutual suffering mm-hmm. was already solved. I hope mm-hmm. everybody has learned. The whole part of suffering is if you're not learning from that suffering, you're not going to grow. Yeah. And this is something that I think I think the world is finally caught up with and I hopefully we don't see that again. I'm going to agree with you. Um I'm going to agree that hopefully now we finally, and, and, you know, again, we, we talk about this pandemic and having two weeks worth of stuff, a month's worth of stuff. It's not just this pandemic. What if we have a power grid that goes down for a few weeks and is really difficult to fix? What if we have a major hurricane that comes in or a solar flare that wipes out the, the, uh, the grid for a few weeks? Having this stuff in your house is just common sense anyway, pandemic or no pandemic. Well, I know where you live, you lose power frequently. Very frequently. And how many generators do you have? Yeah, I have, uh, well, one and I'm working on my second generator. Now, when you first moved in your house, did you have a generator? Uh, yeah, we did because we did. had it for the, with the old house. Oh, you're very, very lucky because yeah. I guarantee after that first time you lost power. Oh, yeah. You would have had a generator. Yeah. And we, we right away, we paid the money to have the house converted to, um, you know, to the grid, to the panel so I can run my entire house. On my generator. So that's all part of that. That goes back to that prepping. Yeah. That goes back to that. Yeah. You know, you, you've learned your lesson. You went through yeah. that short suffering and now yeah. you don't have that problem. Oh yeah. Listen, common sense. If I lost power once a year for two days, I wouldn't even think about it. We, we lost power. Forget about Sandy, Sandy, 13, 14 days without power where the generator paid for itself a hundredfold. We lose power, you know, five, six, seven times a year for a minimum of a day. And sometimes it goes two, three days. We lose power a lot. Yeah, you think about all the wasted material in yeah. your house. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, one of the big problems with this uh, this COVID lockdown was the social implications. Now, this is something that that is near and dear to my heart. I don't have a lot of friends, but the friends that I have, I keep close to my chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look out for them. They need my help. I, I'm I'm the first one that, over there to help them out. So we were all locked down and. Something as stupid as shaking hands is taboo anymore. Oh, yeah. I remember the first time after the lockdown, somebody shook my hand. I said, this is really- It feels weird. Really weird. Yeah. But it all comes down to those things you learned in kindergarten. What, do you, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to wash your hands. Wash your hands. You shake somebody's hand, you wash your hands. Yep. Okay. It's common, common sense, but- It's common sense, but there is no way. I know for, for the women who are listening, they're not going to understand this, but the men who are listening are definitely going to understand this. 
I tell a lot about a person by the way their handshake is. Mm-hmm. I can tell whether I'm going to be a person that gets along with them, mm-hmm. what, what their, their inner strength is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that you can't describe. It's been in, ingrained in me since mm-hmm. I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. You go some, you go up to somebody, you look them in the eye, you shake their hand. Yeah, of course. But all of a sudden you can't do that. Yeah. We're giving fist bumps and we're giving elbow hits and yeah. hitting ankles. Ridiculousness. Yeah. Is there any end to that or when's that coming back? Well, if you listen to um, Fauci and if you listen to uh, Bill Gates, um, they'll tell you no. There is there is never going to be handshaking again. There's never going to be hugs again. They're, I, they're saying no to all that. If, I think if you listen- a- I think that's such a bad thing. It's beyond bad. It's you, beyond bad. You imagine seeing somebody you haven't seen for five years, a, a, a close family friend you haven't seen in a yep. while, not being able to give them a hug? No. That's crazy. It's beyond crazy. But but these are the social implications that you're talking about. You mentioned holidays being canceled. I mean, can you imagine the idea of the governor of our state telling us, have less than this many people in your house for your holiday? C- can you imagine now telling your aunt, you know, Bessie, uh, yeah, you can't come this year. You're number 11. You have to stay home. I apologize. But the governor said, stay home, please. So this just you know. happened to a friend of mine. Yeah. It just happened to a friend of mine yeah. and he was absolutely destroyed. Yeah. He's a big rule follower. Mm-hmm. He was absolutely destroyed when he had to tell his sister, Hey, you can't come up because yeah. she lived in Virginia. Mm-hmm. You can't come up. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can't stay. It's just not right. Mm-hmm. He wasn't wrong. And I let him vent to me without yeah. giving my opinion, but I, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, no. But that's me. Yeah. That's me. Hey, listen, if you want to take every reasonable precaution, I get it. Because bottom line, this is a real disease. Yeah, this is. is. This is a real disease. Sure. But so is the flu. Of course. So are all these daily viruses that we're being attacked with every single day. Every single day. Which we should be careful with on a daily basis Anyway. anyway. Yeah. To me, human contact is so very necessary. Yeah. That's what makes us different than, than the rest of the animals yeah. in the animal this, It's the most essential thing in the world. You know, you, you look at the, uh, you look at the implications of, of, uh, us, of these, these people growing up in this world now with no social, no human contact. And, uh, it's, there's nothing good about it. Now you imagine you, 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 your aunt, you mentioned your aunt, you say, I'm sorry, you're number 11. I can't see you here. 2021 is going to be a long year. Yeah. You know, forbid something happens. Yeah, yeah. Something, but if something happens, you never see that person again. You now have to live the rest of your life with regret. Yeah. By saying, "Hey, we should have. Maybe we should have just yeah, let it go." Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should have listened to Bill Gates. And uh... I just think this was this was done so poorly, terribly, terribly, so poorly done yeah. in 2020 that I'm not going to allow this to affect my relationships. I'm going to maybe I'll find a workaround. Yeah. Where. Hey, uh, you know, we'll meet outside or we'll stay distance apart or sure. there, there's gotta be some fix. I don't have the answer mm-hmm. to this, yeah. but I'll be darned if I'm going to do without human contact. Sure. Now I do think on the, on a positive side to get to the 2021 redemption aspect of it, there is, there is that, that positive where did we use the zoom technologies to call people more often? You know, I'll give you an example. Um, I spoke to my cousin in Germany. Now I haven't talked to my cousin in Germany in probably 20 years, you know, maybe a couple of Christmas cards here and there, but really haven't spoken to them in, in, in 20 plus years. We got on a Zoom call or fa- I should say FaceTime call. It wasn't a Zoom call. It was a, it was a FaceTime call. You know, she met my kids, you know, she hadn't met my, my 10 year old son and my 12 year old daughter yet. We had a nice, nice conversation. So I think there's the positive side of it too, where, you know, we do have some of that. Um, well, that's interesting. I know I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. I never, you know, those people that were long distance where, again, we took for granted. Yeah. We took them for granted. Exactly. We took them for granted. So maybe this is not 
such a bad thing. It's a, it's a different perspective that yeah. I didn't look at. Yeah, I do think there there's going to be some positive that comes out of all this where we uh, it did force us. Well, of course, we're going to talk about the big pictures that it did force us to to love our people, our, our love our friends and family more, to appreciate them more. Just you know, the techniques were kind of questionable. I think. I think one of the one of the people who have had it toughest during this pandemic is the kids. We don't look at them as being the sufferers of this yeah. pandemic yeah. because they're being taken care of because it's our job to take care of them. They're being taken care of them. The food's always on the table. They don't have to go out and get food, but make no mistake. They suffered just like everybody else. Without a doubt. You know, they were pulled from their friends yeah. in, in, in school and now living again in this virtual world, yeah. which I got to be honest with you, they did a horrendous job yeah. at setting up a virtual platform. And if I have any people who work in that area that are listening, and I apologize, but when I'm sitting at home and my youngest is crying because he can't get on his meat, yeah, that's a problem. Of course. Our kids are falling behind because of this virtual learning. Agreed. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily the teachers. No, it's not the it's, teachers. It's more the technicians behind it, the administrators, the super, the superintendents, you know, those, those people. The governor. Well, I gave knows. a lot of leeway in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning of this we all with, did. The, with yeah. the kids because this was this was kind of thrust upon us. Absolutely right. It was. There, and again, there was no prep. There was no war gaming. So the kids had to suffer through, what, three, four months of virtual learning. Yeah. And I was so happy to find out that our school district decided to go back. They yes. did alternating weeks. At least they can see their friends. At least yeah. they can get that in-person instruction. Exactly. Yeah. If you break it down, uh, our kids were going back, you know, we're, our kids are both in the same school system. They would go in one week and they would, um, stay home one week. So of course you had half in, half out. Now of that half in, they were in Monday through Thursday working fully at home on Friday. And even that Monday through Thursday, they were in only till about noon and they went home. So if you really break it down, they were only in school about 30% of the time compared to hundred percent of the time prior to COVID. If you break it down that way, you know, so they weren't in school 50% of the time, quite honestly. Again, having that little bit of social interaction, I thought was well done. I definitely thought that was well done. With the, the virtual schooling, I think our kids are falling behind. 100%. I think they're falling behind. They're not, my, my son's in fifth grade, your son's in fifth grade. I see my, my own education as being further advanced when I was in fifth grade yeah. than they are. Oh, absolutely. And it's this last eight months. Yeah. It's, right. it's been killing them. So I think they need to come out, come up with a better curriculum, yeah. virtual curriculum. Yeah. More and, intense. And more intense. And they need a better virtual platform. Absolutely right. Now you, you, you know, I have, I have two examples, um, what, what goes well and what doesn't go as well. My daughter, 12 years old at home, locked herself in a room, getting A's and B's, you know, making honor roll every semester since she's been in junior high. We're very proud of her doing well. We have to stay on top of her, but, but she's actually doing quite well. My son, on the other hand. No, um, he needs constant supervision. He's definitely struggling. His teacher says, I definitely see a difference when he's in school versus when he's virtual. It's not for lack of trying. He cries his eyes out because um, he's really, we see the frustration that he is trying, but it's a different world. Is it worth it? What's happening to these poor kids? To me, the answer is absolutely not. The fix to this is, again, this is one man's opinion. I am definitely not a doctor. I'm not a virologist, <laughs> but Put the kids back in school. And I'll tell you why. Here's my thinking. And I, 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 this was brought to my attention by another teacher. As soon as the kids get out of school, they're out playing with each other. Of course they are. If they're not in school in the yeah. same day, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, and if, if one or two kids gets it, they're going to shut the school down they're anyway. They're going to shut the school down anyway. Yeah. So let them have that social experience. And by the way, how many few kids in New Jersey up until a few months ago, I know the number is like 200 total 
that contracted COVID, uh, it was so low. The number was so incredibly low. So, Well, they're incredibly resilient with this, with yeah, this virus. Exactly right. 99.7%. So, now I know you have the adults in the school and there's many different arguments back and forth in this. This is, this is two people's view on this. Um, now birthday parties, this was something interesting. You know, how, <laughs> how do you tell a kid he doesn't have, he can't have a birthday party? Uh, you don't. Your son's birthday party. <laughs> so they, they, everybody knows what a drive-by birthday party is for these kids. Anybody? Hopefully. Yeah, you know now. Yeah, listen, if you didn't know, all you had to do is listen out your window one day and heard a bunch of honking. Uh, I'll tell this story. I was not there, mm-hmm. so I can tell you a very uh, subjective yeah, yeah. story. Yep. So his son has a birthday. Everybody's going by honking. It's all they got. Yeah. It makes them feel a little bit special. It was 20 plus cars. So one of the neighbors apparently didn't like all the honking and came out and, uh, I heard he almost hit my wife and thankfully he didn't with his car. With his car. Yeah. He, so all the parents are, are in our tight little cul-de-sac and he decides to drive in straight down the middle of the cul-de-sac in between cars on both sides, 25, 30 miles an hour, honking like crazy, weaving in and out, just barely missing cars with kids hanging out those cars. It was, it was pure insanity. How do you do that to a kid? He wasn't, he wasn't too tightly, uh, wound. <laughs> it was so, crazy. What, is there a better way we could have done that? Not, not even just birthday parties, celebrating kids' birthdays. I, I don't. No, no. So I, I, I love the idea of the drive-by. Uh, I only heard about it, you know, like right the day before it actually happened. I had no idea that it was even happening. But when I saw it happening, I, I was, I loved it. But you know, obviously this individual that, that reacted to what he reacted was, and by the way, he ended up apologizing profusely afterwards, realizing what a huge mistake he had made, but it was just, it was crazy. It was just pure craziness. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, the sports were canceled Yeah. and listen, I'm a coach and it's okay for me not to, not to be involved in sports, but sports is more than just about sports for children. Yeah. Sports is about teamwork. It's about ownership. ownership. It's about yeah. working hard and yeah. suffering to get what you yeah. want. Yeah. The values and the lessons that are turned in sport that, that are, that happen in sports are, are beyond compare. How to be a good winner, how to be a good loser. That's right. I learn, I learn more from my players when they lose than from when they win. Yeah, absolutely right. I say, I don't care if you win or lose. I care if you lose and you didn't play your hardest. Yeah. That's the only time I yep. care. There's some sports went on. Some sports were canceled. The sports that were canceled, from what I understand, wasn't so much about the safety it, actually, they didn't. They didn't care about safety. They cared about liability. Yeah, liability. Uh, what a detriment to these young men yeah. and women. Absolutely right. You're gonna you're gonna hold them back from learning these important lessons. Yeah. They're only young ones. Yeah. yeah. Over liability. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, it had nothing to do with the sports itself. The physical activity. Kick can go out in the backyard and throw a baseball with his dad. It's that's there, there's your there's your athletic uh, you know um, workout. But you, like you said, it's it's everything else that they're learning from the sports, which is everything, everything you just mentioned. Yeah. Terrible. You know, I look at these kids going into college and I know a lot of uh, athletes in general, their, their entrance in the door of college is through sports. Through sports, yeah. And even academics. How do you, how do you recruit? How does a college recruit or how do you seek out a college? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, yeah. Because we're we're in lockdown and virtual platforms aren't up. What are you going to go take a tour online? Well, that's not a real college of experience. Not. Of course not. The fix for that is real simple to me. The colleges need to come up with a new business model mm-hmm. as far as recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Just in case this stuff ever happens again. Yeah, yeah. 
which kind of likely it is going to happen again anyway. Yeah, and you know, we're the also- The door's open. The door's open. We're also talking about college, um, we're also just talking about college prep, you know, sports and everything else, but also just college prep. What about this entire year worth of students who don't have that quick entry that they're used to into school? What Are they, are they going to go into their Cornell next year, their first year in Cornell, with having no college prep courses in high school because everything was virtual? Are they going to go into their uh, their Cornell where, where they, instead of spending the summer in a virtual program, they were doing nothing because the school didn't offer anything? Are you going to go into your 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 um you know your Massachusetts Institute of Technology uh, advanced courses with no prep work done because the school couldn't handle the virtual prep work? I mean, there's just an entire you know year worth of students who are going to be pushed behind a year anyway. I see a lot of colleges closing down because of this. It, it's certainly possible. Why am I going to go pay $45,000 a year for my child to go to a virtual school? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might as well send them to a state school, which is going to be virtual as well. What's the difference? What's the difference? Exactly right, yeah. The the kids had it rough. Let's not overlook them. They saw the stresses. They saw the the problems we were having. They, They felt the pain. They felt the fear. The problem is, is we know how to deal with that suffering. Of course. They don't. They don't. Exactly right. I've often said I, I will take any degree of suffering possible. Last thing I want to see is my kids actually suffer. Beyond, of course, what you and I talk about in, in this podcast to say that some suffering is good. But again, we're, we're not, we don't want our kids to lose out an entire year's worth of, of an education, of socialization, of everything else. But we know how to grow from that suffering. Absolutely right, we do. Listen, we have less socialization now, but yeah. that just makes us appreciate the socializations that we're going to have in the future. Of course. Yeah, these these ten year olds can't be thrown into this world. They have to, to move into it slowly, and they have no opportunity now. So, but a lot of the problem that came from this lockdown, a lot of the problem, I'm going to blame on number one, the media, and number two, the government. I like your order, okay? Because I I believe the media is the tail that wags the dog. I agree with you, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, the media just gave out. They've once in their life they had it. They realized they had a captive audience, yeah. and they're going to be able to dictate. What you hear, yeah. whether it's the truth or yeah. whether it's not. Exactly right. We've all, we've all heard and there is absolute proof that the COVID numbers were skewed. And beyond, what I mean by that, skewed, yeah. what I mean by that is people who went into the hospital with stage four cancer mm-hmm. and they catch COVID yeah. and they die. Well, they died of COVID. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Did they really die of COVID yeah. or stage four cancer? Exactly right. So that's where that's where the numbers are often screwed. Sure. Then they came out with those. Uh, they finally started coming out with truer numbers. Where I, for, I think it was only six percent of deaths came from non-related, yeah, uh, or non-pre-existing conditions. Non-pre-existing conditions. Exactly right. Yeah. By not reporting that statistics, statistics can be very, very one-sided and very skewed. By not reporting those statistics, you, they, all they gave you was this gloom and this doom. Of course. And like, there was no hope. There's no hope at all. Yeah. And by the way, how many people did not die this year of the flu? You didn't even talk about the flu this year. No, the flu's gone. The flu's gone. It's gone. So yeah. COVID, because COVID pays hospitals $3,500 per case. The flu pays nothing. So that's a money game. It's just absolutely right. If they ever were able to hundred percent prove that people were gouging the government for those extra payments because of COVID. Mm-hmm. If they were ever, those people should be strung up by their heels because they yeah. just took advantage yeah. of a, a scared, sure. misinformed public. Yeah. I just, I, I, I see that as the, the, the biggest problem in yeah. this whole lockdown, right. that media media just they constant bombardment. I, you know, for once in my life, I was happy when November came around when the election hit it's because I stopped hearing about COVID for yeah. three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. 
you know, we're right back to COVID now. Right back to COVID. Uh, COVID didn't exist in the beginning of November. Yeah, yeah. It was all election stuff. Yeah. And because again, it was that gloom and doom. Yeah, of course. Gloom and by the way, Bill, Bill Gates, um, do you ever hear any good news out of Bill Gates regarding anything anymore? It's all bad news. It's all doom and gloom. We're in for the dark winter. You know, everything is, it's terrible. We're going to, millions and millions will die. You know, he's still saying millions, even though the numbers have changed from, from two or three million are going to die in the United States to, to two, 300,000, you know, literally the Fauci and, and, and Gates numbers dramatically off. Every right? despot in history always ruled their people by fear. Of course. And, and if you listen to Bill Gates today, it's all doom and gloom. It's all doom and gloom. The, the media needs to start reporting the truth and stop treating us like children. Because, the, yeah, the media and the government, mm-hmm. and I'm not an anti-government person, but if your boss came to you and said, well, you know, the numbers aren't so good, but we got to do a little bit better, or, you know, there's a reason why we got to cut, just tell the truth yeah. so people can yeah. understand. Everybody thinks that the the vast majority of the population are children and they can't handle the truth. Exactly like right. Jack Nicholson and, and A Few Good Men. You can't you can handle, handle the, the truth. truth. Exactly right. Yeah. We can handle the truth. Yeah. And once you know the truth, you can start to operate within certain parameters. Absolutely right. But is it to their advantage for us to know the truth? No, it's to, not. To their advantage. Yeah. Well, it also comes from nobody, they don't want us to know the truth because that means that somebody, either the media or the government, has to take ownership. And nobody wants to take ownership. Everybody wants to say, no, it was their fault, it was yeah. their fault, it was their fault. Yep. It's never my fault. Never tell them what's in the hot dogs. Listen, if you're the, if you're the leader of the ship- you got to take ownership. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever ship you're on. Yeah. You're the captain. You got to take that ownership. You got to, you got to own it, whether you like it or the good and the bad comes your way. Exactly right. But yeah, once again, it's that nonstop bombardment. It's that passing blame. It's lack of ownership. So some stuff has really had, really has to train. Do you understand our kids are never going to know what it's like to hear Walter Cronkite? Not because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Walter Cronkite said, this is the news. Yeah. You make up your own opinion. Yeah, exactly right. Imagine the concept. Now, what I'm hoping for our redemption is we've seen these these chinks in the armor, yeah. these holes in their stories yeah. and their narratives, yeah. and it's going to be a push for a non-biased, yeah. non-politically affiliated yep. media, yeah. which actually says, here's the news, you make up your own mind. Yeah. Or um, another way of looking at it is alternative news sources, which hopefully people are going to start looking at and saying, oh, wait a second, I don't have to go to the big three or the big five for my news. I can actually go to these alternative news sources and just get the news, not someone's opinion, but the news. It would certainly be a rare occasion if somebody just reported the news. Yeah. But that that gloom and doom, it, it just... It led to such mental health issues because of the stress that it put uh, people absolutely on. Absolutely right. Yeah. You know, the, the mental health paralysis of this whole COVID thing took this, this country by storm because nobody had ever seen anything like nothing, this. Nothing the like last, this. The Spanish flu ended in what, 1918? 1918, 1918 yeah, yeah. yeah. So nobody alive or very yeah. few people alive. Even remember that, yeah. Or have been around or even remember the, what it was like. The, the depression set in. People are home now. They don't know what to do. They're panicked. They're, they're scared. Mm-hmm. They don't know, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Uh, am I allowed to even go face to face with people? Yeah. Yeah. So the mental health issues grip this country and now you're locked down you can't go to work. You can't get your mind off of it. And it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy. Yeah. You know, since this, this lockdown, the mental health issues alone have been, have shown me that the cures and precautions are worse than the disease. Absolutely. Right. 
the you, know, you saw a rise in spousal abuse. All my all my police officer friends, domestics went straight through the roof. Sure, child abuse. Yeah. Now imagine you grew up in a less than happy home. Mm-hmm. Father's abusive. Father's a drunk. Mother's never around. Now you're home all the day. You don't. You can't even go to school. You can't even go to school. Exactly you can't even right. go to school to get away. To get have, away from that. Exactly right. Now you're with it all day yeah. long. Yeah. I think about these kids that you, you hear the stories about kids that actually go to school for a sense of normalcy, a sense of love, a hot meal. You know, sometimes you hear these stories that these kids, they go to school because it's, it's their only good meal of the day. They don't even have that anymore. It's a shame that that, it's really a shame that that was taken away from them. Yeah. You also, you know, you notice liquor stores didn't close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how people cope. Yeah. And I personally think that's a great decision. I really do. No, I don't think they could ever close liquor no way. stores. No way. There was very little, thi- very few things that you could have for pleasure. Yeah. And, and I know we talk about suffering quite a bit, but you do have to release that suffering every now to. and again. Absolutely right. So there's nothing to do. And all this free time, let's drink. Let's drink. So alcoholism was on the rise. Yeah. I have yeah. friends that they just never stopped drinking. Yeah, absolutely right. They woke up in the morning, drank, yeah. went to bed, yeah. you know, and, and did it all over the next day. Yeah, there are people on their Zoom calls that, you know, openly drinking, drinking their wine on their Zoom calls. Well, I know, heard people work. having happy hour on Zoom. Yep. My wife just had one. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, that's a, somebody was telling me that it blew me away. Yeah. Happy There's, hour Zoom. It's all part of that isolation and how you deal with the isolation. For me, thank God. Somebody wrote on uh, one of the social media sites that, you know, people... We're mad that places like Home Depot and Walmart were allowed to be open during the lockdown. For me, mm-hmm. had Home Depot not been allowed to be open, it probably would have led to some bad things because idle hands do the devil's yeah, work. Of course, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I was able to get a lot of projects yeah, done. Yeah, but it sort of kept my mind off of absolutely all right. this horror. Yeah. I think you saw a ton of home improvement. You saw a ton of yard work. You know, you saw people who, you know, here's someone who would normally have a landscaper doing work, but maybe A, they can't afford it or they're afraid to spend the money right now, but hey, they're home anyway. They might as well just do the work themselves. I I think Home Depot was an absolute essential. Yeah, I agree. For me. Yeah. Because think about that one person who is, say, a drug addict or an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. and they've been free and clear for quite some time. Yeah. They know how to work with their hands. They know how to do stuff. Yeah. Well, if they can't get to that to keep their mind occupied, what are they going to run to? Yeah, of course. It's escapism too. Sure. Drug dealers probably never went in lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they didn't. We just talked about liquor stores. They never went in nope, lockdown. Absolutely right. So w- my question to you is, and I want to hear your thoughts mm-hmm. on this, were the precautions taken more detrimental to society than the disease as it pertains to mental health? So to me, the answer is yes, but I would also say that we're not going to know for several years the full extent of how bad it was. We're not going to necessarily see how badly developed the kids are. How, how much did them losing almost the entire school year in terms of quality affect them? And we're not going to know this until they get into their more formative years. You know, they're more, they're more advanced years in school. But I think, so the quick answer is yes, the precautions were much worse, uh, but we're not going to see the full effect of it probably for a few more years. Look at how much suicide has gone up. Absolutely right. And yeah. that, that's, that's, yeah. that's some serious stuff. It's some really serious stuff. You know, when yeah. people start thinking about the, that suicide, because I, I have, unfortunately I have way too many friends that have either tried or mm-hmm. done it. Yeah. The ones who have tried and, and been unsuccessful have said, there's just this feeling of darkness. Yeah. Which kind of encapsulates what COVID lockdown of course, was like. Of course. This feeling of darkness. Yeah. And they're not thinking about anything. They're not, they're thinking that this is the best decision to make. Yeah. 
So with, again, without Home Depot, these thoughts are creeping into people's minds who are predisposed to it anyway. Yeah, I didn't think about Home Depot until you mentioned it and um, Home Depot, and I, I think it's actually a very good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, agree, I agree. Thank God for Home Depot. But then, then, then there's your physical health. Yeah. So the one thing the media, the one thing the media never talked about, never, I, I hadn't heard it. I think I heard it maybe once, mm-hmm. was your physical health. Yeah. Yeah. What is your best uh, defense? Defense. What is your best defense? Yeah. Against any type of disease. Yeah. To be as healthy as humanly possible. And they never talked about yeah. it. It's yeah. stay indoors. It's do this. No. Yeah. Get outside. Get outside. Do some exercise. And there were a lot of people that took advantage yeah. of it. And I was very happy. Especially to say. in the early days, we saw a lot. In the early days, I remember I'm driving down this road and I see a mother out with her three kids walking there on their bikes and I pulled up next to him. I wasn't close. I, you know, mm-hmm. we stayed away, but I said, this is, this is the beauty of yeah. what's going on. We here. all said that. Yeah. This is the beauty. People are outside, you know, nice days. Yeah. Everybody was outside. Yeah. I think the first two, three weeks, we were all almost in a state of, um, I don't want to say euphoria, but we're, I'm getting off my laptop at five o'clock. I'm, uh, I'm just literally standing up from my dining room table where I, where I work. I'm walking five feet over to my living room. I'm sitting down and cuddling with my kids, watching television, watching a movie. And my wife's baking cookies and thinking, this is actually kind of cool. And then we're outside walking. Everyone's walking. The whole neighborhood is walking. And we're all thinking, man, this is actually kind of cool. So we saw right away, we saw the benefit. Unfortunately, not, not probably as much as we should have seen. And especially not because of the media telling us. Yeah. But same thing with pharmaceuticals, right? Um, they want to sell their drugs. Do they also want you holistically taking care of yourself and getting up and getting your exercise? No, and it's not going to make the money. It's not going to make the money. Right. So. But the, then they closed the gyms, which in my opinion was one of the most foolish things. Cause here's somewhere people collectively go to yeah. and get healthy yeah, yeah. and get healthy. Now there's certain, there's a lot of precautions that you can take inside sure. a gym. They never, they never even explored that because exactly. they didn't see it as an essential. It was not an essential, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Liquor stores are essential and I agree. But gyms were not essential, and I, I disagree. Yeah, I, I, I saw a lot of people pack on the COVID-40. Oh, yeah. The, the COVID baby. The COVID baby. You know, you see, well, people were home, and even though there was an increase in food prices and yeah. a, and a yeah. lack of certain of people were eating more. People were eating more. But you never saw McDonald's closed. That's, isn't that amazing? You never saw any fast food restaurant closed. Isn't that amazing? And that stuff, I, I got to tell you, that stuff's poison. Beyond poison, yeah. It, it's, it's just, there's nothing good about it. No. So the medical leaders never focused on individual people staying healthy. The redemption portion of it is, and what I hope a lot of people realize is number one, you don't need a gym mm-hmm. to get physical exercise. Yeah, good point. You do not need a gym. Yeah. You, you, you need to, sometimes you got to go out in bad weather. Yeah. But there, I, I, I take my word for it. If you listen to nothing else I say, take my word for it. When you go out in bad weather and do some sort of exercise, you're going to have the best workout yeah. of your life because yeah. you're uncomfortable. Yeah. And when you get in, you're going to feel that sense of accomplishment. You yep. say, nothing can, nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Nothing can be. You know, and, and that goes into um, hiking too. You know, hiking, kayaking, you kayak in the rain, you feel like you accomplish something. You know, you go for a hike in the snow and I don't mean just mean where there's snow on the ground, but you, you go for a hike while it's snowing. It's beautiful. Number one. It's beautiful. It's peaceful. It's one of the coolest things you will ever do in your life. The, the snowstorm we had here in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago. I went out for a run and mm-hmm. it was still snowing and I had to, I, I didn't, I, my sneakers are obviously flats. So I had to wear my boots running. Mm. It was number one. It was a lot slower, mm-hmm. but I, cause I was almost wearing ankle weights. Yeah. Yeah. I got done. I had the, it was a shorter workout. Yeah. I had such a great workout. Yeah, absolutely right. And, and, I, and the feeling of accomplishment. The feeling of accomplishment. Hey, listen, nothing's stopping Nothing. Me. 
physical health, there should be nothing in the world that stops you from physical health other than injury or sickness where you need to recover. I I hope everybody's learning that by now, but now we're we're moving into the winter months and I hope people stick with it. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to stay comfortable yeah. and not want to go out in that 20 degree weather. Yeah. Myself included. I, I love it. Yeah. I need I'd, to get there. I'd rather, I'd rather work out in this weather than 90 degree weather. Oh, oh I, I would agree with that hundred percent. I am not, <laughs> I am not good at 90 no, degree weather. No, nor am I. So gyms, gyms we saw take this, you know, majority of gyms around the area have closed. Yeah. That's countrywide. There's this financial crisis, this yeah. financial paralysis. Yeah. Hey, hey, let's put more people out of work now. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So we're putting a strain on these economies. Yep. Well, how are these people supposed to make a living? Yeah. Now you're going to enter in another depression where yeah. nobody has a job. Nobody has a job. So the better business plans need to come up. Yeah, absolutely right. You, you need to become essential and figure out a way to become essential. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, although I'm not a big fan of Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo, one of the things he said that I totally agree with is you need to, you need to find a way to be essential. Mm-hmm. There are ways to be essential. Computer programmers, you, my friend, have got the most essential Absolutely position right. Yeah. right now. Yeah, virtual. Virtual is uh, everything now. So there's a, there's, a, there's a great story. There was a police officer, I'm not going to say what town. He wasn't really well-liked, kind of annoying. And this is, we're going back 30 years. They stuck him in a place kind of just to placate him, to get him out of the way, and they stuck him in IT. Oh, be right? darned. Now, I knew this guy. And I'm going to tell you, he was not that nice of a guy. Mm -hmm. He was a little pompous. He was a little stuck up. They stuck him in IT, put him in charge of IT, figuring he's just, you know, he's going to die there. We'll never hear from him. We'll never hear from him again. Well, fast forward 20 years, all of a sudden, ITs run police departments. Run police departments, absolutely right. So he went from being this person who they tried to shove in a corner to being the most powerful person. Because they couldn't replace him because he knew so much about the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to find a way to be essential in your chosen profession. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. What we saw inside this, uh, this COVID was everybody's in a virtual office. Mm-hmm. Yep. To me, virtual offices are not as productive. Maybe it's the type of person that I am. If I stay at home, I have way too many distractions mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's certain things that I want to do. If I, for instance, if I walk past a, a, a leaky faucet, well, I can't walk past a leaky faucet. I'm going to turn sure. it. I'm going to play sure. with it until it stops leaking. Yeah. If I'm working from home and I see that, I'm not getting anything done. Yeah. So yeah. to me, virtual offices are, are not as productive, but I know you have a different take on that. You know, I do. And, and I'll tell you why, because um, I've been in IT for 22, just about 22 years now. And, um, you know, I was in IT before there was anything virtual, you know, before computers uh, were able to connect to the cloud and get their information. You know, I, I was in IT just around the the um, the onset of of this idea of networks, you know, where, oh, yeah, I can, I, I can connect to my network, but I, I can't connect virtually. I have to come into the office and connect to my network. Um, and then all of a sudden we got VPNs and things like that where you could connect remotely, but it was still uh, cumbersome. It was still scary. The security was not there. Now with, with everything in the cloud, and, and I know some people say, well, it's scary in the cloud. I can't trust. I can't trust. But to me, it made everybody um, be able to do their work, whether they're in the office or at home or on a beach or on an airplane or in, on a train heading down to Washington, D.C. for a meeting. And to me, uh, it made us less tethered to our offices and less tethered to, um, you know, to the technology and able to kind of just be free and think and 
you know, go on your vacation, but still get that report done for the boss while your family's sitting on the beach enjoying their life. You know, there's something I said a long time ago. I like to take credit for, for this quote, but I, I've, I've said to people, um, cause I've worked for companies where the, uh, the upper management liked virtualization and there are companies where they did not, you know, trust their employees to work from home. And I've always said this, if you don't trust your employee to work from home, why are you trusting your employee period? You don't trust that they're going to work from home. Well, first of all, shame on you for not having a tangible way of knowing what work they've done. Hey, this report has to get done. If you're in the office, it gets done. Great. If you're at home and it gets done, great. But if you cannot trust your employee to work from home, why are you trusting them with millions of dollars of your data, with uh, all your corporate secrets and things anyway? So that's kind of where I, I go with that, you know. I, I do think this virtualization is a good thing. I think it's the future. I think it's going to lead to a lot of good things, um, a, a more green world. We're not all sitting in traffic driving 45 minutes to get to work, to be in the worst mood in the world to start your day. My wife's a perfect example. My wife would show up at work at uh, 8.30 in the morning, get her cup of coffee. By the time she sat down, 9 o'clock, she's working. And my wife put in a good hard day. Now that she's virtual, she starts to work at 7.30 in the morning. She's not sitting in traffic. She's already working. She's there. She's making dinner for the kids at 6 o'clock at night, and she's able to respond to an email or something, you know. So to me, I, I see a lot of positive to the virtual. I will say I do think there are a lot of people that are, are good at virtual, and there are a lot of people that are not good at virtual. So you have to pick and choose. Hmm. That's, you know, just how uh, I feel. Well, you, you, have, you have a very unique perspective on this, yeah. something that, I see it more as an opportunity, virtual yeah. worlds. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I'm a very hands-on type of person. I I like going to work yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. But I see it changing, and I'm a realist. Mm -hmm. I see this is the future. This is how stuff is going to yeah. start progressing. I agree. Me being a person who shows up to work, my job choice is going to shrink, but those jobs that are available to me are going to be much more lucrative. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Be because those people are used to staying home. Exactly right. You know, we're, we're going to see a virtual finance uh, manager. We're probably not going to see a virtual electrician or virtual plumber anytime soon. So, right. you know, you know, this, yeah. this, this has been such a, uh, a crazy year. I just think with the, the COVID there's too many people that had a total misuse of time. Yeah. How many times in your life you say, I would love to do something like that. I just don't have any time. Yeah. Guess what? You had all this time yeah. and you still didn't do it. Yeah. You still didn't do it. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. And everything that you've talked about so far tonight, I, I think this is the single most profound thing that you could have said. Um, we've all said our entire lives. Can you imagine? I had a theory, uh, not to digress too much, but I had a theory years ago. Can you imagine if all of us in the United States of America were able to have every 10 years, you were able to have a three month sabbatical, guaranteed sabbatical where- as long as you put into the system, you know, you're, you're paying into this and that and the other thing, you can still have a three month sabbatical, even call it a maternity leave if you want to, but where you're allowed to leave for three months and go on the vacation of your dreams or do whatever it is you want to do. Um, we had that COVID-19 gave us that it gave us the time to stay home and to pick up that extra job, that extra, um, uh, useful skill that you talked about the education. You, you know, if you didn't come out of this, this whole lockdown, this COVID thing with, either a side hustle, yeah. you know, a new skill like learning a different language yeah. or a better relationship with your children or your spouse, you really wasted your time. Absolutely right. Yeah. You wasted your time. The the redemption of this yeah. is time is just way too precious 
yeah. to waste. Yeah. I said this in the last podcast. I'll say this till the day I die. Time is the greatest gift you can give anybody. Right. Yep. They're not making any more of it. Once yep. it's gone, it's gone forever. Yeah. You know, they haven't yeah. invented time machines yet, but I heard Elon Musk is working he on is it. He is working on it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah. And, and to your point, if we learned nothing else in, in, in this, this crazy 2020, it's that we, we now know that it is important to put down your laptop at five o'clock and go to your kid's game and make sure your kid sees you at the game. Make sure he sees you at the concert. Even if it means that you have to go home again and then pick up your laptop at nine o'clock at night and finish that work. But I do think hopefully if there's any positive that comes out of this 2020 craziness, it is exactly that, that we do have a new appreciation for, for what's really important is getting that report to the boss as important as your, as your son seeing you at the game. That's your decision. Maybe you could do both. We suffer to become better, yeah. to grow, yeah. to become great. Yeah. You have to have that forward movement. Yep. So if you took this 2020 COVID pandemic and you're not growing from this, then what are you doing? I couldn't agree more. What are you doing? That's the whole point of our, our, our lives is to grow and be better. I think 2021 is going to be the best year on record because everybody has already done the suffering. We've done this mutual suffering and everybody's now going to take a little bit more uh, time and appreciation to see the things that weren't here a year ago, exactly, but are here now. Yeah. So, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. No, 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 no. I don't go I'm going to agree with you. 110,000%. Uh, I've been saying to people the last few weeks, especially, I do think 2021 is going to be one of our best years ever. And I say that because uh, the reason you mentioned 2020 couldn't be any worse. I do honestly feel that 2021 can only be better because we're all learning from this. We have a new appreciation for the important things in life. Uh, hopefully we have, we have better tools, better coping mechanisms for those things. Uh, obviously the vaccine is coming out and everything else. I strongly believe 2021 is going to be our best year. And I actually promised my kids tonight at dinner that 2021 will probably be their best year ever. Well, don't forget, it's almost time to release the murder hornets. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're, they're overdue, aren't they, by a few weeks? So, bottom line, 2021 is going to be a great year. Yep. Don't let the media fill your head with all their all, all their bullshit. The negative negativity. The, yeah. Negativity. You got to stay positive. You got to look at your suffering. You got to grow from your suffering. That's what it's all about. Yep. And that's going to bring us to the end of Episode 3 of the Suffering Podcast. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Cirrus Pars. Thank you all for listening. You don't know how much I appreciate you. I love you all. Everybody have a good night. Yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Love you all. And uh, here's to the best 2021 ever. 